I'm Caitlin. Hi, I'm Rebecca. We're not from Memphis, but we love it. Welcome to Memphis Type History, the podcast. I'm not even going to say good evening, Caitlin, (laughs) because you made me think it is a little redundant, and I don't like redundancy. So (laughs) we've said it so many times. You started off. (laughs) Um, Wait for this. I've been sitting on this for a while. Wait for it. Okay. Hello, Memphis. Caitlin Horton here with Rebecca Phillips, my partner in time. Partner in time. Bringing you (laughs) Memphis Type History, the podcast. You know, somebody, can I just say a little side note real quick? (laughs) Yeah. Somebody said, how's my PIC doing? And I had to look that up. I didn't know what partner in crime was. (laughs) And it came up as like something to do with urinary tract or something. It was something weird. If you look at oh. like different things that PIC can stand for, yeah, it can be strange. Okay. But anyway, partner in crime. I is didn't the best. know people. I I didn't know people abbreviated partner in crime. Well, to it was PIC. a text. Oh. So, I'm just not familiar with common phrases. That's the problem. <laughs> so if you send me initials, I'll either ask or slyly look it up. Okay. And try to figure well, it I'm out. Well, I'm not going to call you Pitt. I just thought, oh, <laughs> Pitt. We're partners in we're partners in time. PIT. There's my PIT. Yeah. So that's what we're going to use that now. <laughs> Partner. All right. I'm informing you. Okay. So, do you like the beach? I do. I'm scared of the water, but I love the beach. Same. Yeah. You scared of the current? Yeah, I really like the beach, but yeah, I'm scared of the current. I'm scared mm-hmm. of sharks and the unseen. Uh, yep, I'm scared of what I can't see. Mm-hmm. What may or may not be there. We were even talking about it. It's creepy. Um, but I like the, I like to go to the beach. And wouldn't it be nice if there was a beach within reach? Yes, I've thought about that often. Well, until 2003, there was, mm-hmm. and I'm going to tell you all about Maywood Beach. The Beach Within Reach. Which has a Wiseacre beer named after it. Really? Yeah, I think it's Wiseacre. Let me look it up real oh, quick. Oh, that's great. Um, this is how I even found out about it. You can continue. I'll look it up to confirm. It's. I think it's good to have a little bit of a pause here while you look because I, I have a feeling there is so much love for Maywood Beach that some of our listeners have probably squealed in delight and begun discussing with whoever they're in the room or the car with or whatever their Maywood Beach memory. So I'm just going to pause while you Google, let them have their moment, and then we'll dive in. <laughs> Sounds good. I'm going to put this picture up on the screen for you to see. Ooh. Can you- there is one, the Beach Within Reach. That's awesome. Yeah. Way to go. Shout out to Wiseacre. Shout out to Wiseacre. And the illustrator who does all this. Effort, uh, what is her name? Rachel something? I don't know, but she's great. Well, the Beach Within Reach uh, was described in an old ad I found as having white sand beach and acres of lakes and trees. Oh, acres, huh? Acres and acres. It opened on July 4th, 1931 at Lake Shakoka, named for a Chickasaw Native American who once lived on the land, hmm. so they say. Uh, it was located in Olive Branch, Mississippi, and was open from Memorial Day to September. I'm sorry, this is a really late reaction, but it's named after a guy who lived there, like a, Indian, a Native American? Yeah. Who lived on? The lake is. The lake. Not Maywood. Maywood Beach is named for the um, 
wife, like the couple that opened it, the wife's name, it's like named after her. But apparently, um, I'm going to post in the show notes, memphistypehistory.com slash Maywood, um, the... There's like a story I found on Facebook of like the history of it. Um, and I'll post the link to that. And it says there were like Native Americans that owned the land and they like picked this name for the lake to, I don't know. And then the Europeans came and shoved them yeah, away. Yeah, it's one of those things. Uh, the land was transferred uh-huh. <laughs> away from the Native Americans. We'll keep your name, guys. Yeah, that sort of thing. Uh-huh. Okay, so the... Maywood Beach was opened because Maurice Woodson, who is a cotton linter, which I think means like a cotton ginner, like he ran a cotton gin. Okay. He was a cotton linter and president of Woodson Brothers, Inc., which is a company that he owned with his brothers. He was told in the 20s that he had to give up that business for his health. I don't know the details. I don't know if it was... The ink part? No, he just had to give up his... Like he couldn't run that business anymore because his health was in danger. Oh, too much. Got it. Okay. I don't know if it was the gin, like the cotton gin, Mm -hmm. or the stress of being president. It doesn't say, but a little bit um, of both. My, yeah, my junior high and high school had a cotton gin beside it. And let me tell you, it's not a place you want to be. Really? Yeah. There are a lot of particles. Hmm. So Maurice and May Woodson, Maywood Beach. Dug a lake. They moved out to the country in Olive Branch and dug a lake bed using mules. And they lined it with hundreds of tons of white sand that was chucked in from Destin, Florida. Oh, it did not look like that sand when I saw pictures. <laughs> yeah, it was white sand at, at one point. Yeah. I love some white sand. Yeah. And they started adding stuff to it, um, like slides, um, stuff to like make it kind of a beach and a water park, although it wasn't really called a water park until the 90s. It was called a swimming beach oh. before that. And it was all across 400 acres. And I kept seeing, like, people's memories of this place would often say, like, the water was so cold. It was so cold. Like, everyone talked about how cold it was. <laughs> I was like, what is the deal? Well, apparently, this lake was filled with, uh, there was a artesian water basin, like, under the lake. Like, so they tapped into that to fill the lake. Mm-hmm. So it was, the water was freezing. From underground. <laughs> Yeah. Okay, wow. They eventually made two other lakes on the property, too. So, yeah, really cold and super clear. So there was no chlorine. The water didn't need to be treated. And you could see your feet at the bottom, like in the sand, people said. And it was actually um, pretty deep, up to 10 feet in some spots. Huh. Sounds amazing. Except for the cold water. I know. I don't like cold water. I don't either. Even when it's really hot, I still don't want it to be freezing. Ah, yeah. Mm Mm-mm. So they added picnic tables, barbecue pits, pavilions, a bowling alley, playgrounds, yeah, the- a snack bar, and a tea room. No way. That's my place. Yeah. A tea room and a bowling alley and a I beach know. with water I'm not even going to go into anyway. This is perfect. Yeah. And there's no, I mean, but if you did want to go in, it's clear enough that you don't have to be scared of anything unseen. That's you right. Can see. <laughs> You're not going to come out with a rash like I sometimes yeah. do. Yeah. Lots of stuff happened there because it was so beachy. They hosted TV commercials for Copper Tone, which was based in Memphis. I didn't know that. I didn't know that either. That's the one with the little girl and the dogs eating her panties or something. Yeah, I think so. Okay. They did publicity photos for beauty queens out there, for weddings, baptisms, church picnics, um, class reunions, corporate gatherings, and inexplicably and unexplained parachutists. 
Okay. I will leave you with that. I don't know anything other than it was included on the list. <laughs> of, like activity. No, like um parasailing. Of the types of people who would be out there doing stuff. I don't know. Like they hosted they hosted parachutist events. I don't know. Okay. Sure. They had a pretty famous like so I'm gonna tell about some of the the, the tea room. Uh-huh. The Maywood Tea Room was they had social events there for ladies, including hat contests. What? Hat contests. Oh, hat. 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 <laughs> That's right. We were in a southern city. I forget sometimes. Yeah. Not really. And do you know what I immediately wondered? If the hat ever competed. The one that Queen Elizabeth wore? No, from our radio episode. Oh, that's right. I was trying to remember what it was. And the last thing I remembered was recording the Elmwood episode. (laughs) Well, yeah. It was the radio. Yes. Thank you. Yes. Um, But I don't know. I'd love to know if she did. It was also, um, they had like a dance hall and performers. And it is said that Elvis Presley. (laughs) Yes. Oh, I forgot to mention him. Sorry. Go ahead. Uh, Jerry Lee Lewis and Johnny Cash are said to have played there. It was called the Maywood Pavilion. Of course they did. This sounds like a hot place. Yeah, and then I saw there's a Facebook group called Friends of, or a Facebook page called Friends of Maywood, uh-huh. and they were on there. People were talking about other bands playing there. Um, like someone linked to Three Dog Night, yeah, uh, Three Dog Night YouTube video. And they said something about, like, I guess Three Dog Night played there, but I don't know if that clip is from Maywood. I guess it's not, Hmm. but I guess they played there. And the dance hall thing was really popular. Wow. And it was like, you know, people would have like high school graduations there, that sort of thing. It was like the place. Hmm. And people compared it to spending vacation like at a 1930s campground beside a lake. Like they said it felt like that. Wait, what decade or what year was this opened? It opened in 1931. Wow, that old? Yeah, Crazy, right? Yeah. And so it felt like like an old-time like campground. That's what people said. Yeah, like a camp. But all this additional stuff came as the years went, obviously. It came as the years went on, but like I think pretty early on they started. They even had, I think, I feel like they had cabins you could rent or something there, too. Like you could stay there. Probably. Like the Maywoods just like kept adding and adding. And not the Maywoods, the um, Woodsons. Mm-hmm. So the Woodsons owned it. Uh, Maurice Woodson sold it after his wife's death. He sold it in, ni- in the 1950s to Jess Spiceland. And I read a memory of those years that said it was like in a thread. So there's like a little bit of like memories in history. And then someone wrote, that's some good history. But it left out the 31 wonderful years from 56 <laughs> to 87 when our dad... Jesse Spiceland owned Maywood, best hand-dipped pronto pups and best milkshakes in the world. Oh, oh, well, you can't always beat a good pronto pup and milkshake, you know? Yeah, I know. And then someone chimed in after and said, you forgot best hamburgers in the world. Oh, oh, it had it all. <laughs> yeah. So some big um, Jesse Spiceland fans, or Jess, I found both Jess and Jesse. I don't know. I guess the one who says it's his dad must be Jesse. So then in 2003, it closed. And we missed it. I missed it. We missed it. I didn't even know it existed, but I was in, I mean, I could have gone there. Yeah. I didn't even know. I was going around in that area. No, My parents and grandparents never told me about the beach. I didn't know there was a beach I could go to. I didn't even hear about it till. Recently, but I guess it kind of dwindled down. It didn't wasn't as exciting suddenly. I'm not sure. Like, I what I found about the closing is that Hugh Armistead bought it in 1987, and he was an attorney. 
And he said, kind of, I guess, like all of a sudden said, it was just too much liability to keep it open. Mm. And that crime was coming. Oh, that crime gets in the way. That's the quote. Crime was coming. (sighs) And then like some residents were into that because here's another quote. People who wouldn't be visiting there otherwise were driving around and they didn't want a crime spree. Mm -mm. I mean, I feel like there's a lot of coded language in those quotes. So I don't really know exactly what they mean, but I'm just like making some assumptions. Yeah. Um, Okay. So they closed in 2003, very much all of a sudden, like some people were trying to go for like the last day sort of thing. And like, it was already closed. Wow. Um, It's now a planned subdivision and like a gated community or whatever. They turned it into the burbs. Wow. And then I found a quote. Most of the articles made it sound like all the people that live there wanted it to close or something. I don't know for this like imaginary crime spree. (laughs) Um, But I found an article by Michael Finger um, in the Memphis Flyer. And it said like how after this meeting about it closing or whatever ended, he said one young woman walking to her car said she didn't understand He didn't even try to advertise it, she said, shaking her head. He just wanted to close it. I've been swimming here for 17 years, and now I've got nowhere to go. Oh, 17 years and nowhere to go. Yeah, because there aren't, like, public— There isn't a beach. No, well, there's no beach. And there's no, like, water park. Nope. There used to be a water park in Whitehaven, I think. Yeah. I found a really great ad on YouTube for that place. (laughs) Uh, it was like, it's in, it's exactly what you want from like a nineties water park ad. Yes. It's everything. But like, I found another article talking about like, why do other cities like Little Rock or whatever have a water park? Although I don't know if Little Rock actually still does have. I don't know. I know there used to be a water park up there in Arkansas because I went there once as a kid, but I don't think it's still open. I found some like older articles about like, why can all these other places have water like amusements and memphis doesn't and every time it closes like they just say like too much liability too much liability so i don't know huh on insurance or something happening so yeah maybe i don't know at some point that's got to change i'm sure yeah i guess i don't know but i thought it was really sad especially i'm after like i'm gonna call my parents and be like why do we never go to maybe oh no (laughs) why did you not take me to the beach within reach and i just want to know what they have to say Maybe they didn't know about it either. Maybe we should call them up on this podcast. Yeah. Can you dial in right now? I can. Okay. I'm going to read some memories, and then we're going to see if we can reach them. Okay. I'm going to tell you some memories I collected from, like, Facebook and stuff and comments. Okay. And then I'm going to ask them, why didn't they take me? Yeah. Okay. So I'm going to read memories I found in public spaces, like comments and Facebook. One lady said that they used to keep their drinks and watermelon in the river because it was so cold. I guess by river she means lake. And surely, did they put the whole watermelon in the in the lake? I guess. Kept it cold. Okay. Um, I don't know how I feel a, about that. I recall, Sorry, I just paused because I... Why? I don't know. I don't want food inside just of the... just a watermelon. I don't want food inside the water. It's not open. It's not well, open. but what if you it was? Went, before you... And even if it wasn't, would you wash your fruit in the place that you want to soak in? Like, would you wash your fruit in your bathtub? I mean, I'm not. I'm pretty. I'm pretty lax with food safety, so I'm the wrong person. To oh, ask. not that. I'm just saying, like, that doesn't feel right. If, if someone did it, I'd, I'd do it. Like, no problem. Someone's chilling their watermelon, sure. But the concept of putting your food in the place where you're soaking, 
That just sound, that just feels a little weird. But if it's really cold, there aren't any germs, right? That's why hospitals are oh, so yeah, cold. Oh yeah, no, I'm not. I'm not worried about the germs. It's just a weird visual to think I'm going to put my food in the place where I'm laying. <laughs> That's all it is. I mean, it sounds convenient to me. It's then your food's right there when you want it. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I understand it. I like people pick an ice chest, so it's funny to think like you just put it in the water next to you. Simpler times, Rebecca. Yeah. Simpler times. Yeah. It sounds like a crime to me. I think that's what they were talking about. <laughs> the, the watermelon <laughs> yes. crime spree. I'm like, chilled watermelon crime spree. Too many people are putting their fruit in the uh, in the water. All right. Here's someone. I recall going to Maywood with my family for many summers as a child. So many wonderful memories. So sad that children will never have the chance to experience it. If not for Maywood, I would never have seen a beach as a child. Oh, See, that hits home because I have a four-year-old daughter about to turn five, and she has not seen a beach that she can remember. Could have been Maywood. I know. She could be seeing the beach all the time. Someone else says, that was the first high dive I ever jumped from, and I eventually dove head first. The best was diving from the high dive and seeing if you could make it to the pier without coming up for air. When you could accomplish that, you were the man. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know how far away the pier was, but it sounds hard. It sounds manly. All right, last one. Memorial Weekend used to mark the season opening of the Beach Within Reach Maywood Pool. We used to line up at the front gate waiting for the gate to open, pushing and shoving to be the first off the dive or first on the pier, etc. Ice cold water, music, friends, baby oil and iodine, meeting new people. What a way to spend the summer. Thankful for the memories. Yeah. That person could write a book about this place, I think. Yeah, I think so. They, they have a good, good style. Uh-huh. So that's the beach within reach. There's not like a lot, lot to say about it. I just found out about it and I felt like we should revive it a little. Yeah. I had mentioned to you um, that me and my coworker watched some YouTube videos about it. Mm -hmm. That's kind of entertaining. People want to look at people's home movies of the beach within reach. (laughs) It was kind of fun. There are some home home movies on um, YouTube, and I just thought I was like, "Wow, people just one of them is like twenty minutes long." (laughs) Yes, that's long. So funny. That's long. I don't think I could last watching somebody else's home movie for twenty minutes, but I do like some home movies. All right, I'm gonna see if I can get a parental unit on Skype here. I hope you do. Can you hear it ringing at all? I did the first time. I don't hear it now. This is like, um, who wants to be a millionaire? You're using a lifeline. Oh, yeah. Hey, Mom. Sorry, are you asleep? Will she be able to get picked up on all the right. mic at all? Um, I unplugged it. Well, I mean, yeah, you're live. So Rebecca and I are here, and we were talking about Maywood Beach. Yes. And, yes, okay. And I want to know, why was I never taken there as a child? I don't even know if it was still open when you were a child. It closed in 2003, Mom. Okay. Well, it wasn't that. It was was just a big swimming pool with um, sand. I have no idea why you never (laughs) went (laughs) there. You know? It was like I said, it was just a a big swimming area. Um, So you didn't find it, you didn't find it all that impressive. Um, evidently I didn't. <laughs> um, did you, so you didn't go as a child at all? Cause there are a lot of people who have a lot of really good memories of it. Well, I went a couple of times with a friend of mine. Um, 
they used to go a lot, and I went a couple of times with them. I never went with my family, I don't remember. Was it fun? Yeah, it was a lot of fun. You know, you had a, it was a big, big, large swimming area, a large swimming pool, and a picnic area, and, you know, the picnic area had some sand. <laughs> yeah, I guess it was a pain. Did I, Mom? Did you know I, that? I, I, I really wish you would have called and told me you were calling. <laughs> that was way better. Did you know that that sand? Well, at least in 1931, the sand, the original sand, was from Destin, Florida. No, never knew that. Was it? In Destin, Florida. Yeah. Where I started going as soon as I could drive and go to the beach. <laughs> so, um, so by the time you were going, I guess maybe the sand was no longer white. Is that the deal? <laughs> you know, I, yeah, I think it was And you didn't feel like like your children should experience that sort of fun. I I see. Okay, okay. So <laughs> we had other fun. You know, we had other fun. <laughs> we went to the real beach. I do know we did go to the we real went beach. To the real beach. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, I mean, when you were when you were um, six months old, you know, you were eating death and sand. So I mean, you know, I'll take you to the real death. <laughs> All right. All right. I, I'll forgive you then. That's Rebecca wanted to know. Um, we heard, we read a story from someone who said that the water at Maywood Beach was so cold that they would keep their drinks and watermelon in the water to keep everything chilled. Did you ever put your food or drink in the water to keep it cold when you went with your friends? No, I don't, I don't remember. I don't remember anybody ever doing that. Um, That's because it's a crime. Yeah, I was with my friend, so. Do you, does yeah. the idea of that feel gross? Because Rebecca feels like that's. It's not gross. It just, it's just not the right visual. <laughs> should be sorry that you didn't take me but that's fine <laughs> all right all right sorry mom all go right. back i hope you go back to sleep right. love you okay i love you too. bye <laughs> my bad mom oh, i feel bad for waking her up but that was really funny i should yeah. just call her for every episode and blame her for something <laughs> anything else about maywood that we need to discuss Mm, no, that was really interesting, and I feel uh, very disappointed that I didn't get a chance to experience it. Same feeling here. But and that there's whatever. no water park, like you mentioned, yeah. for us to visit. All right. Well, if you enjoyed Maywood Beach, uh, if you have a memory to share of it, go on MemphisTypeHistory.com and use SpeakPipe to send us a recording. You just click it, and you send us a voicemail of your memory. Um, we would love to share them. 
And show notes, if you want to see some fun old ads, some home movies, some pictures, some just general good links to learn more about Maywood Beach, that's at memphistypehistory.com slash Maywood. Tell them how they can support the show, partner in time of mine. You can support the show by downloading podcast and heading over to Patreon to show us your support with actual currency. What's the website? Patreon.com. Yeah. Slash Memphis Type History. Slash Memphis Type History. Take a minute to review us on the um, the podcast areas like iTunes. Mm-hmm. All that. It helps. It like makes you rank higher. It's a good thing. That's it. So this is Memphis Type History, the podcast. We like your type. You've been listening to Memphis Type History, the podcast. It would mean so much to us if you head over to iTunes and give us a rating and review. Be sure to subscribe and never miss an episode. Want to be part of Memphis Type History and get behind the scenes content, merch, and more? Support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash Memphis Type History. That's Patreon spelled P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash Memphis Type History. Find more Memphis Type History on our blog at memphistypehistory.com, on Facebook, Instagram, and Pinterest as Memphis Type History, and on Twitter at Memphis Type. 